1: Mrs. Mary Lidlow. She's just finished her life term. She killed her husband with an axe. Used to tell stories about her. Bloody Mary would get us if we were bad. Can you open the door, please? I tried phoning ahead, but you. Lines you're- dead. I have to fit you with a monitoring tag. You got kids. Hi.
0: I don't talk about my personal life.
1: Why do you stay in this town? No mother should have a stranger bring up her child. That's not right. Look. Look! Mary Layla just went off property. She comes back. Two kids vanish. They got up to up here. It was sick. 30 years in this skin. It's nothing to do with me. Get out! Mandrake. His father was a man.
0: His mother is the Earth. Put it down! yours if you want it. It's up to you. Hello and welcome to the Matt's Movie Reviews podcast. I am your host, Matthew Perkovich, and this is episode number 475. Releasing November 10 on Shudder is Mandrake, a modern-day set folk horror that tells the story of Kathy, a probation officer who was assigned the task of rehabilitating Bloody Mary Laidlaw back in society, after serving 20 years in jail for murder. When two children go missing near Mary's house, Kathy undertakes a journey through hell to find the truth. A gritty, moody, and creepy delve into magic, madness, and mother nature, with excellent performances from Deirdre Mullins and Durbel Crotty. Mandrake also marks the feature film debut of Lynn Davison, who joins me now on the podcast. Lynn, thank you so very much for joining me today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: So it's really interesting this film mandrake i mean it's a long time coming for yourself you've been cutting your teeth in the industry for a long time now um short films i think you even worked camera for bbc for a little while as well you've done um tv work you've done quite a bit of um a work leading up to what we're seeing now on mandrake or we'll see on thursday um you get this screenplay by matt harvey and from what I have heard you say before, it was almost kind of like kids meant, it was almost like meant to be, it was a type of material, it was a type of genre, it was a type of work that you were looking for. Um, what was that like when you get a screenplay like that, give a to you and then your discussions with Matt, where it seems like, you know, you two are on the same wavelength in regards to, you know, how you want to approach this material and put it on screen?
1: Well, it's an absolute joy to begin. You know, I can't tell you how many scripts I read every week, but uh, to find one that, you know, is visually striking and I feel like I can actually run with is, um, you know, it's a it's a rarity. And meeting Matt, you know, is a joy because uh, we we do speak the same language, speak the same film language, and we're just interested in the same things. And he truly felt that I understood his script and I could bring it to life in the way that he wanted um, you know so like when you when you encounter that you really have to grab onto it and uh,
0: run the interesting thing about the movie as well of course it deals with um a witchcraft or a version of witchcraft and, and magic and stuff but it's very it's grounded it's off the soil it's of blood it's of nature um when it came to those kind of that element of the screenplay was that already in matt's writing or is that something where you guys kind of delve into a further you'd look into Pagan culture, folklore, witchcraft culture, and to kind of tap into that stuff, and then bring it into uh, the movie that we see uh, this Thursday.
1: I mean, it it definitely was there. Um, but we did expand upon it um, we we actually we were meant to shoot earlier in the year and then we couldn't because of Covid so we had a little bit more development time which was you know it's that, that's just wonderful you know it's every film needs that but uh, we, we did our research we did into paganism even our personal interests you know and here in Ireland we are raised on these dark stories of you know banshees and goblins and ghouls and uh, we were definitely able to bring that in but you know I think that for me um all of my shorts are drama because i wanted a good foundation in drama before i brought the fantastical in and the film to be grounded was extremely important to me because I, I feel like it offers a greater degree of believability um one of the the taglines in my house growing up was my mom saying suspend your disbelief when we would watch films
0: mm. but
1: i i didn't want my audience to have to do that i wanted them to see my character mary and know that she had a deeper understanding of nature and how to wield the the power that is around us every day. Uh, but we don't see it because we're not attuned to it. Uh, so it um, you know, I I you did say it there, but I wanted the film to be grounded and to be the magic to be blood and soil. And uh, you know, there's a great texture to the film where you can, you know, smell the the kind of damp mud uh, when you're watching it.
0: Well, speaking of that, when watching the film, it almost felt like I can feel the cold. I can feel that thick mud uh, that so many characters kind of like are digging through and being dragged across. Um, especially, you know, sticking out to me is the house, this really kind of isolated house covered in leaves, almost kind of like textbook of what might be in, a, in someone's town, could be the witch's house. You know, every town seems to have one, right? How did yeah. you find that house? Was that something that you've seen before in your travels or is that something that you kind of had to come across afterwards?
1: Oh, no, we had great difficulty finding that house. Um, we uh, we ended up actually going on to a website called Property Pal. This mm-hmm. house was for sale. And myself and my other producer, MT, we found it and we kind of converged on that and thought, oh, we'll go out. Um, And then the owners of the property were incredibly generous to us, you know, it, it had, I remember walking into it and it had this tiny, long, narrow corridor and it had a door at the top of it. And I remember the, the owner of the house telling me about how she used to lock her granny in it when she was a little girl as a Mm. joke. I just thought that was just so gloriously terrifying (laughs) that we need to shoot here. um you know and like i grew up in the countryside and you're know, surrounded by those houses like you say and we did have a little bungalow at the end of our road that you know we thought a witch lived in but it was actually just badgers lived in there um but you know i i, I loved uh, kind of harking back to the, my childhood of there's the scary house and uh you know and so uh people everybody knows that
0: the Matts movie reviews podcast is brought to you by t public TeePublic is the world's largest marketplace for independent creators to sell their work on the highest quality merchandise. With over 1.2 million designs, TeePublic is sure to have something you'll love. The Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast is brought to you by Amazon, the world's leading online store. Amazon is your first stop to buy a wide range of products at competitive prices with fast delivery times. Amazon is also a world-class entertainment hub that includes Prime Video, Audible, Twitch, Amazon Music and more. Sign up with Amazon today and experience the best in online shopping and entertainment. Please support Matt's movie reviews on Patreon. Get access to exclusive content, request movie reviews on top 10 lists and help support my work. Please click on the Patreon link in the description below. Speaking of the, the witch in in your movie, um, the role of Mary is played by Durbal Crotty. Um, I don't know Durbal. I can't I can't say anything about her as a as a person, as an actress. But when I first saw her on the screen, I felt very incredibly intimidated when seeing her. She had the the way her hair is done, the way she looks at the camera, looks at other characters. You know, of course, she's a her character was has been institutionalized twenty years in prison, so that's going to change a person. But there's something else there as well. When casting for that role, I'm sure you're looking for that X factor that Durable kind of brings to to the, to the role because it's it's important that once you first see her, you know that something just isn't right. How important was that finding that element in an actress or an actor, and how important was it that Durble, uh brought that to the screen because it was just just fantastic. Just seeing uh, you know first introductions to a character like that, I, I'm really big on on that thing in, in movies.
1: Oh, well, I'm really happy that it had that effect on you, you know, because the, you always worry that it's not going to land, but it certainly does land with her. And, uh, you know, as a person, she has this great captivating energy that is entirely positive. You know, you you meet her and you just you're engrossed in her. And, uh, you know, we, we cast entirely th- over Zoom and even through Zoom, there was an impact from her as a person. And, uh, you know, I... In work in my private work, I've worked with the Prison Arts Foundation and have been going in and out of prisons here to um, teach prisoners how to make films and write scripts. And in meeting those prisoners and meeting murderers, that it's that it's that they draw you in and they they have a very great power and skill to do that. And uh, so in conversations with Dervla, that was what we really wanted to capture: that uh, she's inescapable in- in-, in in how she interacts with you, and even mm. you know. the the looks that she offers. Um, So I wanted to take those positives from her personality and kind of turn them on their head and, uh, you know, create like a vacuum where we could explore the darkness. Uh, And Dervla, you know, she's an incredibly accomplished actress. She works in theatre here. She's very well known. But this is her first feature film. Oh, really? Yeah, which is, you know, an absolute delight. And I'm so grateful that she decided to go with us to create an infamous character.
0: And on the other end of the the spectrum, you have Deidre Mullins, and she's terrific in the role as well. But it's a really physically demanding role. And considering the environment, considering um, the limitations regards to time and budget, I'm sure there would have been occasions in the film where maybe you or maybe she was like, you know what, let's not worry about a stand person today. I'm gonna to take this for the team. You know, was there, was there a lot of occasions like that because it did seem like that like Deidre really did put herself in uh, uh really physically demanding situations um where even I was like I couldn't help but wince a few times when some of the um some of the things that she's she subjected to her character at least in, in the movie.
1: Yeah I know. I mean I, I think the majority of our relationship now is me apologizing <laughs> to, to Deidre, but uh she um she is a very she's a very athletic person in life and very capable and you know she loves um she loves stunts and she loves like stage combat and things she's very well trained uh we didn't have a stunt double for her that is all her um you know we had a great deal of discussions about it and what uh be capable of doing what's safe to do we had a brilliant stunt coordinator on set called lemmy and uh you know she she's such a physical actor in many ways and, uh, you know, it was, it's, it's so great that she was so willing to participate to the degree that she did. Um, you know, and there's, there's particular, there's shots where, uh, when she is running and it's particularly one with the chain, um, yes. you know, it's, it's kind of very nerve wracking when shooting because, uh, you know, you, I, I want to ensure everybody's safety of course, but, uh, but she's just a very capable person and a very, uh, very willing to get in and get dirty, thankfully for me.
0: <laughs> A common theme throughout the film is motherhood, or at least fertility. It's not only in the characters, it's in the, the nature of um, of mother nature, which I think is like an essential core tenant, right to paganism. It's kind of like off the earth of mother nature and such. Um, when you get that screenplay by Matt, is that in the screenplay already? Um, that that kind of context in regards to motherhood with all these characters and if so how important it was that kind of theme especially in fleshing things out because to me that's a connective stream between all of the major characters throughout the film not only in regards to the physical aspect of, of motherhood but almost kind of like a spiritual aspect of it as well
1: I mean you're you're absolutely correct motherhood is the, the core theme in the film and it was there when I read Matt's script but certainly I was able to bring my perspective on motherhood and the complexity and the difficulties um and basically what I wanted to show is that the prescribed notion of motherhood is false and uh you know you have to find it for yourself and there are plenty there are very many different mothers in the world and, uh, different ways to kind of handle the situation. But, uh, it's, I suppose it's about screaming out about individuality, um, in the, you know, against nature when we're trying to find ourselves and trying to progress, but nature is this force that, uh, well doesn't care about our plans and just continues and does what it does best um you know and uh, exploring Kathy and how she had previously suffered with um postpartum depression and it failed to connect with her son initially and uh, and then that cost her her marriage you know I wanted to explore the the dark side of motherhood and uh you know I think that we've we achieved something that's New, uh, new to screen and a little bit more enlightened to the, the struggle that I suppose a lot of women do
0: face. Is it true that you have an idea for a prequel uh, to Mandrake in regards to the original uh, Bloody Mary crimes?
1: That is true, yeah. Um. Actually, as part of uh, the, the props, I had written out an entire uh, case file of what happened when the police found uh they you know, went to the Laidlaw farm and found what they found. I don't want to give any spoilers, but uh, Matt and I had discussed it, and we discussed a prequel. I think a prequel would be much more setting, so or much more fitting, so that we could explore Mary.
0: I think it would be a great idea. Last question here. Um, I know that when you were younger. You had movie nights. Um, it was a big thing in in your household. Uh, I think you said you had to direct, him, but but as long as as young as six years old, because of, of these movie nights, watching movies like Jaws and Terminator, etc. Um, now your movies on Shadow, which is like the premiere kind of like horror platform. Um, are you looking forward to the the notion of now new generations of families having movie nights and watching your movie as one of those movie nights uh, come uh, November ten?
1: I mean, I absolutely. I mean, I, I hadn't even really thought of it, but I wonder if are parents as uh, lackluster as my parents were at the <laughs> <laughs> I think age ratings mean a lot more to people now. Um, you know, when I was growing up it was the eighties and early nineties and nobody seemed to care. Mm. Um, but uh yeah, I mean, every night was movie night in my house and uh I I would be just absolutely chuffed and privileged if somebody added mine into theirs. So uh,
0: So for everyone listening, November 10, On Shutter Mandrake, get everyone together, whether it be your family, your friends, turn out the lights, put on some candles, have some popcorn, grab yourself a drink of whatever you want and enjoy Mandrake. It's a really kind of creepy, moody film, Um, really perfect timing post-Halloween to have a film like this out there, and I really enjoyed it very much. And, Lynn, I thank you so very much for your time today. Congratulations to the film, and look, if that prequel happens, I want to, Be front row and center, and talking to you again about that film when it happens.
1: Thank you very much.